All right. I'm about to freestyle up here. <laughs> y'all, don't want, y'all don't want that, I promise. Hey, good to see y'all. It's September, which means fall is finally here. Pumpkin spice lattes are almost back. You, you still cannot sit in Starbucks, but it's a crazy, it is back. PSL's on the menu, confirmed by my wife, which means she's been in Starbucks today. Hey, how many of y'all, uh, y'all got a hammock? Y'all going to put it, the weather's going to be so nice this week. Y'all going to go out and ham. it's going to be like highs of upper 70s, that's what I'm talking about, like. Great. Lows in the 50s, maybe lower 60s. If you're not ready, you're not ready. So just let me tell you. Bailey, can we get a little house light in here so I can see everybody? Hey, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, I know there may be a few new people tonight. My name is Justin Free. My wife right here is Emily Free. We get to Pastor Elevation. So we are, was that for me or for Emily? Wow. Pretty decisive on that. There's no arguing that. Hey, uh, we are excited that you're here. We're going to dig into a a series that I am really excited about. Since about March or April, I have been dreaming about this series. I've been going through a year of the Bible. How many of y'all have read through the entire Bible? If you don't raise your hand, it's totally fine. If you do raise your hand, we look up to you. So how many of you have read through the whole Bible? Just flex on them. It's okay. Okay, great. I'm working my way through it. I'm a pastor. I'm working my way through it. I've never read every single page of the Bible. And I'm only 84 days behind this year. So I'm just, I'm keeping it real. I'm going to finish in 2021. I'm going to tell you that. But I'm going to do it. But uh, like Kennedy said at the beginning, or she's going to talk about it a little bit later. We're doing Life of Christ this year. We're going to be studying the life of Christ. Jump in with us next week. We start it as a church next Sunday. She'll tell you more about that later. But we're talking in a series called The Wilderness. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But I want to break it down before we just jump into it. It's going to be four weeks. How many of y'all know Pastor Amir? Most of you in here. He's going to be speaking the last week of the series. I'll be speaking one more week. And then Seth Tomboli is bringing it next week. He's going to be speaking here. So... We got a really fun uh, series planned for you, but I'm excited, and this is why. So, uh, just to set it up, the the wilderness it came from a verse in Psalm 55. I'm going to read that here in a second. But wilderness in the Hebrew means uninhabited land. It the way you pronounce it is midbar. Can y'all say that midbar? I would say it in Hebrew, but I don't really know how to do that. So, you get English for for now. And then, so uninhabited land is what the Bible describes as the wilderness. If you, root, if you take it back all the way to the Hebrew root, it means uninhabited land. And then in our dictionary now, Webster, it says wilderness is an uncultivated, uninhabited, inhospitable region. Basically, you don't want to go there. You don't want to spend any time there. You don't want to put a camp, put a tent, hang your hammock. You're not doing anything in the wilderness. Because it's, it's, a, it's a place where nothing lives, nothing grows, and it's just kind of there. And, kind of, well, kind of like 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I were to be honest with you, it kind of feels like that. Like, we're just here. We're like, what do we even do? Like, I have no idea. I found a couple memes this week to help describe it. Just because if 2020 was a bag of chips, 
That's got to be the worst flavor combo. <laughs> okay, go to the next one. Oh, JoJo, let us know about it. That was March, ladies and gentlemen. Feels like 2018 is when that came out. And then lastly... <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they're going to have to rewrite the book. So there are so many things that have happened. And 2020 is just, there's a lot happening in this season. A lot of things that we wish we could take back, things that we wish wouldn't have been happening. Uh, but when I think of the wilderness, I do think of somewhere that we don't really want to go. How many of y'all are with me? Like if, if you have a picture in your mind of what the wilderness looks like, it's like deserty, it's like empty, just nothing really, no trees. It's not like a, you know, when you think of somewhere exotic, you think of the ocean and palm trees and like you could rest there. This doesn't really feel like a place like that. And that's kind of what we're looking at, the wilderness here. There are, there are several people in the Bible that the Bible talks about in the Old Testament and the New that experienced the wilderness. Abraham, Moses, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt into the uh, wilderness for 40 years. Yeah, Sorry. Jacob, Elijah, John the Baptist, uh, Joshua, Jesus even spent there. Uh, all throughout the Gospels, people talked about, uh, it says that Jesus would retreat there day after day. And then David in the book of Psalms, and that's where we're going to start. So for the last couple months, this verse is where a lot of this has stemmed from. And I want to read it to you real quick. Psalm 55, 1 through 2, and then verse 6 and 7. It says, listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I'm overwhelmed by my troubles. This is like, this is David. He is desperate for God to jump in. He's desperate for God to do something on his behalf. Oh, that I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. And in my mind, I immediately jumped to what could be so bad that you would want to go somewhere that nobody exists. You would isolate yourself you would want to fly somewhere that is dead. Like nothing is happening. There's no hangouts on Friday at your friend's house. There's no volleyball nights. There's no, like you're not retreating from this that's obviously bad to something that's some, somewhat enjoyable. You're going to the wilderness. But then I felt like, the, and the Lord didn't speak audibly, but I did feel like the Lord got my attention and said, look at what he says here. In the last part of that verse, then I would fly away and rest. I would fly far away to the quiet of the wilderness. And I feel like the Lord said, there's something to it that you're not seeing. And it caused me to think, okay, well, what's so appealing about the wilderness? If David's willing to flee from everything that's happening to a place that, to my eyes, doesn't seem very hospitable, it's not inhabitable, it seems not very much fun, there's not much going on, what's... What's in it that's so fruitful? What's in it that's so appealing? The rest, the confidence that comes. And as we, as we dive into this scripture, well, well let's, just, let's look at a couple other verses. Mark 1, 35. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went to an isolated place to pray. This isolated place translates to wilderness. Matthew 4, it says that the Spirit of God compelled Jesus to go to the wilderness after he got baptized. So Jesus is on cloud nine. He's baptized. John the Baptist said, I finally did it. I baptized Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit says, hey, I need you to go to the wilderness. And there Satan is 
tempting him three times over and over and over. Like, why would the Holy Spirit lead Jesus to the wilderness if all he's going to do is get tempted by Satan and fast for 40 days? And then in Luke 1.80, it says, John, speaking of John the Baptist, grew up and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry in Israel. John lived there for years. So there's something to the wilderness. And what I want you to know is we dive into this series. God wants to prepare you in the wilderness. God wants to teach you something in the wilderness. That season, and it may be right now for you, that season that you get into and you feel like, why am I here? I would rather be somewhere else. There's no fruit in my life. I've been praying for this answer and I haven't received it. You're in a season of waiting. You're in a moment of waiting. You're filled with disappointment because what you've been praying for has just been laid in your lap and it's not going to happen. You're in this wilderness place. And God says, I believe that he wants to train you. He wants to prepare you. He wants to do a new work in you. And that is what's so appealing about the wilderness. So we're going to jump in. Have you ever asked yourself this question? And this is the topic that I'm going to speak on tonight. Um, is it me or is it actually God? Like, have you, ever, have you ever asked yourself that question? Like, I wonder if I should date him or her. Like, I feel pretty confident, but is it me or is it God? Y'all, y'all get what I'm saying? Like, you're in, this, you're in this position where you're trying to make a decision or something's before you, and you're, you're, you're somewhat confident, but it's like, I really need to hear from God. Maybe you even pray. Maybe you fast. If, if you've been a believer for a little while and you understand what that is, maybe you're at that point and you're like, these are the steps I'm going to take, and you still kind of are like, I think I, but how can I be sure? So we're going to talk tonight about how do we, how are we sure that it's God? How does God clearly communicate to us? How do I know that it's his voice? Because we as believers, when we get to that point, we can walk confidently into anything. Any scenario, any season, you take marriage, for instance. When I walk into marriage, I don't know that I'm ready. And she'll probably tell you I wasn't. But I can confidently do it. Why? Because I'm walking with the Lord. I know his voice. Even in seasons where I'm questioning what do I do, I know how to come to a conclusion that I know God is with me. I have peers, and we're going to dissect all that tonight. So, the first question we have to answer is, does God speak? first question we have to answer is, does God speak? The answer is yes. To your questions of relationship, to your questions of a job, to your questions pertaining uh, finances, your career, dreams, uh, cars you may buy, all of these things, God does speak to these things. And it may not be as obvious as the Old Testament where God sends angels to people and he says, do not date her. Like, that may not be what you experience because I never have. And if I could have, I wish that it was that clear. We're, in a, we're in, a, in a culture of immediate gratification and communication. So if I want Kennedy to do something, I'm going to text her, hey, do you mind doing this? It would help me a lot. And she knows exactly what it is why she's doing it, if I tell her, I'm a terrible communicator, but like a lot of times she knows exactly what it is that she's asked to do. Whether it be parent, roommate, teacher, whatever, you have a syllabus, you know exactly what's expected of you when it's expected. Why isn't God that way? Like why can't God just say, you're going to marry that girl, you're going to marry him? That would be so easy. And I wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. But you know the beautiful thing is? 
We have to be close to God to hear him speak. And God wants far more a relationship from you than the things that you can do for him. God cares more about your relationship with him than what you're doing for him. So let's jump in. How, does, how do I know if it's me or if it's God? So how does God speak? God speaks through his word. God speaks through his word. I'm going to pray really quick. Lord, as we dive into your scripture, as we, as we talk about how you speak, Lord, uh, God, I don't know everything. I've, I've never heard your voice audibly. I've never heard uh, you speak in mighty, like, earthquaking ways. God, I, it's just this still small voice. And God, I, I pray that tonight as we dig into your word and we study this, but I pray that each person in here is there searching for questions being answered and what your will is and maybe the relationships they're in, clarity in any season of or in any sphere of life. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would speak and that we would learn and be confident in hearing from you. And Lord, that's all we ask tonight, that we would mature and grow in hearing from you and being with you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I preface this with... Um, I don't know everything, but we're going to dive in. Y'all ready? God speaks through his word. This is the thing we always have to come back to. This is the most true, most assured way that God speaks. You're like, well, what about Michael Todd's podcast? Okay, well, Michael Todd's gifted. He's smart. He spends time with God. But God doesn't just want you to listen to podcasts. God doesn't just want you to listen to worship music. He wants you to have a relationship with him. And how do we do this? Through his word. You can spend time praying. You can meditate. You can light candles. You can put on the soft instrumental music. Whatever your vibe is. But God wants you to spend time with him. And the main way is through his word. That's how he speaks. It's the most sure we can be that God is actually speaking what he's speaking. God's word. Now, I'm going to get a little scientific and a little kind of like teachy on you. Are y'all ready for this? There's two words for the word, word, in the word. Did y'all follow? Y'all are good. Y'all are a really smart group of people. There's two words for the word, word, in the word. One is logos. Logos is this right here. Like if I gave you this, you would have the same word that I have. Logos is the physical word of God. Depending on translation, you may read a couple words differently, but this is the Logos word, like in physical form. The other form is Rhema. Everybody say Rhema. Rhema. Who is she? I'm kidding. Uh, Rhema. <laughs> That's what goes on in my brain. I'm just, it's so weird. Okay, Rhema. This is when God speaks. How many of y'all heard the term, I just have a revelation from the Lord? Like, have y'all heard that phrase? This is what it is. So God, you may be in a specific scenario, in a spe specific situation where you need God to speak specifically to you. And that's how he does it. He takes the Logos word and he brings it to life. There's scripture in here that says this, this is the living and active word of God. That is the rhema word. When you're in a situation and God, you've read the same verse three or four times, you may have even memorized the scripture and you've never seen it this way. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That's the rhema word of God. It's coming alive to you. God speaks through just the word. This is logos. Rhema is the revelation, the inspired word of God, the active, the alive word of God. God's word is our direction. I'm, I'm just 
pouring out truth right now to you. We cannot go wrong with digging into God's word. Look at Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is our direction. When we need to know where to go, God's word. Now, if you're asking where to go to lunch, just ask Debbie. She can tell you Hardee's or Wendy's. Like, that's not a spiritual decision. But a lot of us are at a crossroads in our life where we're trying to figure out what's my major? What is my calling? What is my purpose? These type questions, the answer is in the word of God. Now, it may not be, you're going to be a, a physical therapist who makes 64000 a year. That's not going to be in the Word. But your direction, your calling, the peace that you have when you make decisions, the confidence you walk with comes from the Word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, Equipped for every good work. So you're telling me that the Word of God um, will teach me. It'll, it'll show me the ways to go. It'll correct me and pull me back when, I, when I'm errant, when I'm walking away from the things of God. It'll train me how to think and act and, and serve and have a compassionate heart like God. And it'll prepare me for the things that God is calling me to do. Yes. That's exactly what the Word is saying. The Word is is our map. It is our, it is our guide. It is everything that we need in our life. And I will say, there's no quick, easy fix to have the Word of God in you. It's out of your devotion and your love for God that this develops. Your, your, the memorizing of the Word, the, the meditation of the Word, that is how we gain our confidence. So, a lot of you, <laughs> a lot of you view, uh, answers and like questions and things you do. This is a magic eight ball, by the way. I, I called our kid life pastor because Amir this morning was like, you can get a Chinese finger trap from kid life. And I was like, I wonder if I got an eight ball. Uh, they didn't. I had to get this from Target. So they don't have everything, just so you know. But some of you will throw up questions and you won't spend any time with God. And you get to a point where you're like, man, I need an answer. The good thing to do here, I go to church on Sundays. I need to I should ask God. God, should, should I take this job? And then it's, it's probably a cheap one, and then it's like uh, doubtful. And it's like, oh, maybe I need to ask. Maybe I should go to my friend. Like, maybe I should go to my friend, and then they tell you, girl, I think that'd be perfect. Like, look at, it, you're so good for that. Like, it'd be, and then you come back, and you're like, God, is this, is this what I should do? And it's like, possibly not. Like, it's got all the, you're throwing up Hail Marys. You're throwing passes to the end zone, hoping that it would get caught. But you have no daily devotion to set up this strong foundation. And you don't even know what the voice of God sounds like. So without a daily devotion and time with God, how are you going to know? It's like, in, in the word, it talks about how the shepherd knows the shepherd's, or the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Why do they know the shepherd's voice? Because they're with it all day long. They're with the shepherd every minute of every day. So if somebody else comes in, they're like, hey, come over here, sheep. Like, they're like, you're not the shepherd. <laughs> I would assume that's how they would talk. Or if they hear the wolf come in and he's growling or whatever he does, they're like, oh, he's not good. He's not the real guy. They know the shepherd's voice. They know the real voice that they're looking for. There's no counterfeit. There's no fake that can override the teacher, the father's voice. 
we have to turn to God's Word. So how do we do it? We spend daily time with Him. That's the application. And I know for some of you, you get in there twice a week. That's amazing. That's a great step. I'm proud of you. I'm not, I, this is not legalistic, and if you don't get in the Word every day, you're not even a Christian. That's not the truth. Our, our relationship with God develops as any other relationship develops. So if you're in there one day a week right now, okay, let's make it two. If you're in there for five minutes a day, okay, let's make it ten. Let's dig in. And the more and more you do it, the more and more you crave to know and have God's Word. Point number two, God speaks through others. Everything I say tonight, you're going to have to filter back to what does the Word of God say. Because if something that somebody says or something we feel contradicts the Word of God, you should never do it. But if something that somebody says aligns with God's Word and you have peace, you can walk in that. So how does, how does God speak through others? He, he can speak through people that don't even know Him. God's, God's that big. Like, He can talk through your random, random server at... Wandom, huh? Wow. Okay. Lord, I pray for all these people in this room. Y'all are good. I like y'all, though. Y'all keep me accountable. Are y'all laughing at something else, or was that it? Okay, I was making sure we were on the same page. I was with a group of people and they were laughing at something the other day and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was laughing with them and that was definitely not. <laughs> Missed it and uh, kept on going. So, but when God speaks through other people. He speaks through your boss, uh, your pastor, your leaders, your peers. He can speak through anybody. So when, when I have, uh, the thing is you have to ask questions. Rarely is God going to say, or is God going to send somebody up to you? And God does this. I'm not saying that he does not. But God rarely will just send somebody up to, to Jalen and say, Girl, I got a word for you. You better not take that job. Okay. Rarely does God do that. What, what God does do a lot of times is he uses our mentors, the people in our life that we respect, that we look up to spiritually. And when we ask them questions, and they give us wisdom, and they give us feedback, and they give us advice and we walk with that, we have now protected ourselves because of the covering of our mentors, because of the covering of our leaders. So when I have a problem with my car, or her car, or when she hits something, uh, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, my gosh. Y'all pray for me. When, when I have to work on something in her car, her dad's a mechanic. So my first thought is, I'll Google it. And then my second thought is, I'm going to call her dad. Because he has been working on cars for a long time. It doesn't matter if it's something in the engine or if, like, the door hinge is kind of, like, off and not working right. I'm like, hey, uh, have you had any experience with this? What should I do? What parts should I buy? Is there, is there a first step? What should I start with? Why? Because he knows everything? Because he's perfect at cars? No. He knows more than I do. And so when I go to him and I ask, hey, what, what should I do here? He knows more than me. He's walked through these type of cars every day of his life. That's the experience that we receive by asking people and God speaks through them. There's nothing more spiritual than they've walked through it. God's shown them the way not to do it. They may have learned from other people. And now we get to glean from their wisdom and the things that they've learned over the years. Proverbs 15, 22. Proverbs 15, 22. 
Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Cut and dry. You need to ask people. If you want to succeed, have people. It, you can feel pretty, you can feel 90% confident that this is, this is the boo for you. Like, oh, I've been seeing him. He is serving at New Life. He's serving at Elevation. He is like, he's got the kicks. He smells nice. His hair is always done. He's, he, ooh. Girl, I'm a date, that boy. And then you ask your friend, and she's like, yeah, he seems awesome. You, yeah, go out with him if he asks you. You're only more confident. Guys, the same for you. You're, you're getting ready to ask this girl out, and you talk to your bros, and they're like, ooh. She, she, com- she comes around like every couple weeks, like on the weekends, she's a different type of person. Dude, I would, I would chill and let her, let her grow a little more, like kind of hold off. Like, okay, you were confident. You've been raised in awareness to the things in her life that aren't of God, and now you can say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of time. You only gain more confidence. You only gain more uh, assurance in a decision that you knew or didn't know before. Does that make sense? So even when you talk to people, here's the application for this point. God's speaking through others. When people give you their advice, when people give you their wisdom, you have to go back to the word. Now, thinking and knowing that you spiritually trust this person, spiritually uh, they're a mentor or somebody that you look up to, You can trust them, but if you really want to know and you want to be confident, always measure it with God's Word. When you align it with God's Word and you know this lines up or this doesn't, you have that much more confidence. And so let's say you're at the point and you're like, I've asked them, I'm still not certain, God's Word doesn't necessarily specifically talk about it, then what do we do? The third way is God speaks through impressions in our spirit. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going, to, I'm going to challenge you for a second. This is the least sure way that we can hear from God. And you may be like, well, why? I can hear from God just like you do. True. You can hear from God just like I do. And I know he speaks to you. But when we rely only on the impressions of our spirit, our emotions and our feelings are so wrapped up in what we want it's, easily, it's easy for us to convince ourselves that we're hearing from God. How many of you have ever made a decision that you thought was God, you got to the end of it, and you were like, oh, maybe that, maybe that was the wrong thing. Like, maybe I misheard. Like, I, I don't know, it was early. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I got the wrong word. I, maybe I don't know what happened. So for me... Before Emily and I got married, I was dating this girl, and I got to a point eight months, seven or eight months in, I don't remember how long exactly, but I got to a point where I was forced, I wasn't forced, that sounds terrible, uh, I was basically up against this decision of, do I commit and keep going in this relationship, or do I say, this is not, this isn't it? And I got to this point, and it just wasn't it. I couldn't commit, I didn't have peace, I, I could not commit myself to marrying this girl, I just could not. For whatever reason, uh, there was a lot that went into it. it you just, I just didn't feel peace. And so I told my friends, I said, guys, I, I can't go forward with this. I need to end this. This is not of God. I can't marry this girl. So we break up. And, of course, breakups are always hard, so it was difficult. And so a couple months later, and I'm, like, struggling with this feeling. I'm like, well, was it really God? Like, 
I don't, oh man, maybe I misheard. Like, she's awesome, perfect on paper. Like, she's a believer. She loves God. She's serving in the church. Like, God, I'm not going to do any better than this. Like, those are my thoughts as I'm thinking through this. And I'm like, man, maybe I misheard. I'm going to, I'm going to go again. I'm going to get, I feel like the Lord's want me to pursue her again. It's so selfish. I got to a point where I convinced myself because of my emotions and my feelings that I needed to date her again. So we go out and it crashes. Like a couple months in, I feel the same way. What did I not do? I did not ask people around me. Because if I would have asked anybody in my friend circle, they would have said, why did you break up? It wasn't God. Well, why are you thinking about it? We can be so misled. Look at this verse. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things. It is desperately sick. Who can, who can even understand it? One day you're feeling this way, one day you want this, and then the next day you feel this way and you want these things. We can't trust our emotions. We can't trust our heart. We have to align ourselves. And that's, that's the process of us becoming more like Christ, is we're, we're replacing our heart of flesh with God's heart. He's re- reteaching us. He's, his word is aligning our hearts and our passions and our desires with his. We can't trust our emotions. For and an easier way to explain this, and I know a lot of you can relate. The reason we keep going back to relationships is because that's the easiest thing to relate with this season of our lives. Like week to week, it feels like it changes. Like, oh, he's cute. Oh, oh, never mind. Like, oh, that was just a crush. <laughs> Like, it's just, it's so much a part. I remember this season. It, it was like every few months I'm into somebody or this is, you're trying to figure it out. Who am I going to spend the rest of my life with? But when it comes to other opportunities, some of you are about to graduate or some of you are in grad school and you're looking at, you know, jobs or future. An easy way to describe this is open doors and closed doors. A lot of times God will speak in this way. So he'll open a door where maybe you've never, you've dreamed of this job, you've always wanted it, you've, you've heard of these, the, the opportunities that this job creates, and you finally get an email back or they call you back from your resume and finally they give you the interview. That's an open door. Uh, maybe you've been broke up, y'all, y'all broke up for a long time, and maybe you finally reached a point where you can healthily date again because God's done a, 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 an extremely amazing work in both of your lives and now you're ready. I've seen that happen before too. That's an open door. There's several options. On the, on the opposite end is closed doors. You may be applying for an internship or something that you've wanted for ever since you started your degree as a freshman. And at the end of your senior year, this would be so terrible. The Lord, like, cut it off and no more or do you have an opportunity to get into that program. A closed door. And in the moment, it feels like everything's falling apart. In the moment, it feels like there's no answer. But God is protecting us. God is using these, these moments in our life, these things that direct us. That, that words, uh, the Word of God says that God d- directs the steps of the godly. He will make your path through this world. Uh, I, y'all remember Extreme Elimination Challenge? Y'all remember that show? One. Okay, it's really old. Y'all, y'all know Wipeout. Okay. Well, that's like the Americanized, more modern HD version of this. Uh, somebody knows. Let's go. <laughs> Was that you? Oh, okay. Well, all right. See y'all. Uh, but I want to show you this. Speaking of open doors, closed doors, check it out. Well, 
Wow! Only two of the doors are real. The rest are boarded up. Good, 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 good! You're through? Oh, no, you're not! Wrong door! Ow! So, so it's just hours of this. Like, some people make it, some people don't. But that's sometimes how it feels like. You, you've won, you've, gotten, you've made it to this checkpoint, you've passed your junior year, you've passed it, you're, the dating has gone well, six, seven months in, the, the job you thought you'd have, you're in the second interview process, and then you hit a door. And then you end up in this season that feels like, or this moment that feels like the wilderness. And so often I come to this time, I'm one that suppresses my emotions, my feelings. I don't like to think about them. I don't like to talk about them. But in, the, in these moments, in these seasons of wilderness, when we're feeling like there's nowhere to go, when we feel like, what options do I have? God wants to prepare us, like he talks about in Hebrews, or whatever verse we read earlier. God wants to prepare us. God wants to train us. God want, his living and active word will teach us. And in these moments of wilderness, the quiet, the rest that we receive in the wilderness is what we keep running back to. It's what we're craving. When we, when we search and we look for the peace and fulfillment in the world, we're not gonna get it. But it's in these small moments and when we're forced with tasks of what do I do? Where do I go? What do I need to do in this season? What job should I take? What relationship should I be in? Should I buy this car or not? Should I, all these different questions. The word does speak to it. God speaks. But how do we know it's his voice? Is it me or is it just God? The only sure way is spending quality time with God on a regular basis. I think that all of us in this room have the ability when we're spending quality time and, and regular time with God to walk and trust that God will lead us along the way. So a lot of us wait until God answers our prayer. And I'm confident that as believers who follow Jesus, he's put the Holy Spirit in us. And if you're spending time with him and your mind's being transformed by the renewing of his word, and you're finding out more about his character and who God is and what he wants for you and how we should live, why can we not trust that God would just direct our steps? He put us on this earth and said, make disciples of all men and women. So he's given us this entire land, all of the world. And he said, go therefore. Do you think God cares if you're in Conway or Little Rock? Now I do believe you can be called to a specific area, to a specific group of people doing a specific ministry. But what if God's waiting on you? And we're waiting for God to speak or to hear God's voice. And God just wants us to go to move, to put one step in front of the other. And he's saying, trust me, I got this. And not trust me, just wait. Now I feel like if I could go back, there are several things that I would just move faster on. Emily would tell you, I'm, I don't wait for much. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. But some of you have been waiting for a minute. What if God's saying, jump in, serve the church. What are you waiting for? Go all in in, my, in your relationship with me. Don't just do once a week on Sundays. Do every day. 
Some of you, God is wanting to really show you things about himself, reveal himself to you, for you to hear his voice. And we're waiting. And I'm not saying you shouldn't wait. There are seasons of waiting. <laughs> I mean, the Israelites waited 40 years for all the old people that disobeyed God to die off. But then John spent however many years living there so that he could be prepared. And then Jesus ran to the wilderness on a daily basis to spend time with his father. But then Jesus went out and embraced interruptions along the path and was ready to go and ready to live for the Lord and was going to do everything that his father called him to do. But did he know every step of the way? He did not. He didn't wait to know he was going to, Jesus didn't get married, but like hypothetically. He didn't wait to know what the relationship was going to look like before he jumped in. He didn't wait to know what the, what the, what the season was going to look like with COVID before he jumped all in and started serving and going after the Lord. Let's embrace this wilderness time. I know it's difficult. I know there are parts of this season that are hard that we wish didn't exist. But what if God's wanting to do something and this hasn't ended because God's not done? I believe that God has more for us and that God wants to speak more to us and for us to experience more of who he is that we've never even experienced before. If we would just settle in and say, okay, God, I wish I could fly away to the wilderness and I will each day to spend time with you, to rest, to know who you are. And so how do we know that God is speaking? We've got to be in his word. If we want to be a people led by him, we have to be led by his word. We have to include others. They're going to, God's going to speak through them. And don't just trust your feelings. God will speak through your impressions. He'll tell you when to go. But don't just trust your feelings. Ask people. I want to pray for us.